Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to read the first verse from that last hymn, our, our sermon before our sermon. O God, O Lord of heaven and earth, thy living finger never wrote that life should be an aimless moat, a deathward drift from futile birth. Thy word meant life, triumphant hurled in splendor through thy broken world. Since light awoke and life began, thou hast desire thy life for man. Please be seated. Beautiful words from Franzman this morning. Even more beautiful words from our Lord and Savior Jesus. But first, I don't know... If you've seen this floating around on the internet, but for some time now I've been seeing and hearing people on Facebook blogs and through podcasts saying that they believe that the earth is flat. It's becoming a a movement or maybe a, a joke of some sort. There's even a name for this movement. They're called Flat Earthers. And when I first heard this, I reacted the ways that some of you did. I laughed. And when, when it kept coming up over and over again, I thought, wow, these people are really good. They really know how to get their 10 seconds of fame. They simply make a bold statement against a verifiable fact and hold on to it as truth. Eventually, the internet will churn them up out of the masses into the limelight. Here's an example I saw the other day. I'll read it to you if you can't read it on the screen. Facebook person A says, The Earth is Flat Society has members all around the globe. (laughs) To which person B responds, Say that again, but slowly. I really believe in this instance, person A was probably in on the joke. The problem is, as this assertion keeps coming up over and over again, pretty soon I noticed that I was hearing it from people without noticing that their tongue was firmly planted in their cheek. And I started to become concerned and a little confused. Why are they making these assertions? Do they really think that the earth is flat? Is it all just a big joke? Do they want people to just doubt what they believe? What's the point of making this claim? And while surely everyone who has made this claim recently about the earth being flat might have different reasons To do so, I would like to suggest that our society, our world, is like this. Everyone comes up with their own truth and what's right for them. Find a truth that works for you. Question institutions and verify with internet sources that support your views. There is certainly nothing wrong with investigating the facts And I can even understand the argument to not assume that everything that you are told is true. But the problem that I fear is that many who go through this motion of finding their own truth are left lost in looking for answers 
when the worldview that they build up according to their preferences falls apart. As man, our sinful nature has developed an arrogance of, being a, of believing that we're able to discern all truth on our own. This is easily seen in our world as fads come and go. The ebb and flow of people trying to make sense of this life is like the choppy waters of the sea. We Christians might even find ourselves building up our own personal truths that we rely on more than God and his world. And when we stand on our own truths and they get knocked out from under us, we, like the rest of the world, find ourselves lost and looking for answers. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul reminds the church that Christ is our anchor, our solid rock, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. You see, all of humanity is in desperate need of solid truth. So in our our gospel lesson today, that's exactly what Jesus gives his disciples. That's exactly what Jesus gives us today. We're going to backtrack a little bit from Easter because Jesus is speaking to his disciples just before he hands himself over to be crucified. And Jesus, in, in this gospel lesson, is preparing his disciples, this small group of believers, for what is about to come. They didn't get it at the time exactly what he was doing, but Jesus was prepping them for his death. And he knew that they had built up their own truths about him, about the reason why he came to earth to to be the Messiah. Probably each one of the twelve had their own way of thinking of what Jesus was going to do and ought to do. And Jesus knew that he had to do something that none of them expected. So in our lesson, he's preparing his disciples for a time when they would feel lost and looking for answers. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I used to struggle with this statement because I thought that Jesus, I thought to Jesus, what kind of love hinges on obedience to a command. That doesn't sound like love, but law. My my Lutheran alarm in my head would go off, and I would question why Jesus was proclaiming some type of works righteousness. You know, that idea that what we do, and if we're faithful to God's commands, that we can earn our salvation somehow. We can earn his love. But that is not at all what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is stating a simple fact. If we love Jesus, that is, if if we love God, we will obey his commands because he is Lord. Our love appropriately expresses itself in obedience to our Lord. Our love is merely a response of his love. And if we do not love him, we do not heed his lordship. And we will show that we actually reject him. If we do love him, we will follow him. Certainly not perfectly, 
but we try because we, are no, we know that we are loved by him. Because when you love someone, you at least try. If you find yourself balking at what Jesus is saying here, you may be thinking the way I have for so long about this. Jesus is not saying that salvation is dependent on our obedience to the law. If we try to follow that line of logic, we will quickly see we cannot live up to this demand. We might try really hard to be faithful, which is what we should do. But if we build up the law as our own truth, our own source of salvation, our truth of being saved, the moment we make a mistake and fall short of God's expectations, we will find ourselves lost and looking for answers. In our sinful flesh, we are no better than the world. We are doomed to fail. But thanks be to God that Jesus came for sinners like us. As Paul states in Romans chapter 5, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. We have been reconciled to God by Jesus' death and resurrection, not because of our perfect obedience, but because Jesus was perfectly obedient to the Father for us. While we were still enemies, Jesus died for us. He loved us first. So before Jesus goes to lay down his life for his followers whom he knew would abandon him, Jesus promises another helper, the Spirit of truth. Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Jesus knows the time is coming when his disciples, even when you and I, will find ourselves lost and looking for answers. And I think at this moment we need to to pause and reflect on what exactly is going on here. Put ourselves in, in the disciples' shoes. Their Lord and God, who called them out of obscurity to follow Him, to trust in Him, to put their faith in Him, whom they confessed was truly Lord and truly God, is about to die on the cross. And these men who had gathered around him will see him handed over to evil men. They will not defend him. They'll feel ashamed for not living up to their word that they promised. And then they'll witness Jesus not just simply be put in in jail, but sent to the cross. They'll be witnesses of him dead. On the cross, they failed him. They promised that they would be with him even unto death. Can you imagine how shattered their world was at that moment? Jesus, lifeless on the cross. What's going on? But I have a feeling that you don't have to imagine what it feels like for the disciples. 
the silliness of the flat earthers is one thing, but the reality of the struggles that we face in life is very real. I can think of fears I have in my own life. My little son Gabriel, not quite two, has been diagnosed with sleep apnea. Very curable problem, but the, the cure is surgery. And so in a couple weeks, he's going to be having surgery. And I, I remember getting the call on my phone on Thursday from my wife and my knees buckling a little. My little guy has to go under the knife. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine and I trust in the Lord, but I have to admit I'm full of fear. Or I can think of many other things that cause fear in my heart. Too many loved ones I know have inoperable cancer and they continue to press on fighting and hoping and praying that it might be taken from them. Or I have friends who have lost children before they gave birth. I have friends who want to have children and yet remain barren. I have family members who do not know the love of Jesus Christ. And the list could go on and on and on. And I bet you have a list too that could probably match mine or even topple mine over. Deep down, you might be asking God, what is going on here? I feel so lost and so afraid and I'm looking for answers. Maybe you're at the point where you don't even have any words. You just simply cry. You put on a good face when you go out into public, when you come to church. You try to smile and get by, but deep down you're hurting because you feel the effects of sin in this world. Scripture reminds us that the Spirit, our helper, intercedes for us even then, even when all we can do is cry, and that our Heavenly Father hears us. And Jesus knew this would be the plea of his disciples. Jesus knew that this would be our plea. His promise of the Father giving the Helper to be with us forever came true. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth that reveals the good news of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is the Spirit who walks with us, who is with us, who in the waters of baptism was placed on us. And it's true, not everyone will receive the good news of Jesus well. Some will silently scoff, thinking they know better than to fall into superstition, only to put their faith in something else that suits them best. Others will object to anyone or anything having lordship over them. As fallen human beings, we struggle to live under a Lord. Authority has, is hard for us to deal with in many ways. Still others will find comfort in their own laws, their own rules that they make up, or their false gods. The deception that they fall into is they are not that bad, and they can manage making up for their mistakes. But eventually regrets will catch up with, with these people 
And sooner or later, they will be left crumbled under their broken righteousness, feeling lost and looking for answers. So Jesus reminds his disciples, he reminds us, that God has not left us like orphans in the street. His promise to be with us forever continues today. We have no need to fear that our worldview that is firmly rooted in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ will ever be shaken. Jesus tells his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. The death and resurrection happened in time and history. Jesus not only laid down his life so that we, his enemies, might be forgiven, but he has taken his life back up in the resurrection. And just as true as it is that he lives, we too shall live also. We may have many different experiences that cause us pain, fear, and doubt, but we have one rock-solid truth answer. This is not my truth or one of many truths. This is God's truth, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, has revealed this to us. Jesus Christ died that he might take away our sins. And not only is he risen, but he has ascended and seats at the, is seated at the right hand of the Father. Brothers and sisters, if you are feeling lost and looking for answers, hear the words of Jesus for you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. The honest truth is that we are not able to make sense of everything that we experience in this life. But God has given us the spirit of truth who will be with us forever and will be by our side. And the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit shows us that even when this world doesn't make sense, our Lord is in control. And now may the peace, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.